If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Zone Media. Yo, we bike. <laughs> Season three, sucker MC. Yo, know I'm saying stakes is real high. It's an election year, but to celebrate season three, we've been dropping some mixtape songs. We started at the end of season two, uh, dropping tracks like Yemeni's Beans, uh, where I rapped on them beats that my man Matt Ausowski be making. Um, you heard the new theme, right? The new theme song on this. That's one of the tracks, too. That's the Wednesday drop. But yeah, dog. Now, listen. We got new music coming out. And first track in honor of season three is... Let me at you, Blur. My homie Chad say you don't need a different story. I know Chad's name is Chad, but listen, he's different, don't worry. We all looking for some version of something worthy of glory. I feel it too, the realest fools can't even hold you, dude. Hood Politics mixtape, up and running. We're dropping a song available on all platforms now-ish called, this newest song is called Let Me Holla At You Player. Available on all platforms. Pre-save link is in the show notes. Doc, this mug was so fun, man. We got a few more we're releasing for you, but you can check it out on my Spotify, on Matt's Spotify. My Spotify's propaganda. My All of my like music stuff is propaganda. Anyway, still haven't figured out how to put the music on the Hood Politics feed, but point is, we got a Hood Politics mixtape. Enjoy. Really no one truly cares. Oh, you a hater. You ain't willing to cater to <laughs> the slings and arrows of modern pharaohs and cable news. And it was all cool till the ghost came for you. All that pain, you gotta pay your dues. Y'all, this year, just 2024 came out swinging. It's absolutely wonderful. In a year that has promised to be one of the most enraging, doom scrolling. This is this is a doom scrolling year. Like we we know it is, and we all know how bad doom scrolling is. But this gift that the one and only Cat Williams gave us a pimp named Slickback. Like y'all, Cat don't do interviews. He don't really pop out. He just do his movies, play his roles. You see him 
you know, pop in on the zeitgeist and like, but he's the butt of a joke about how oh, he on drugs, he got all these kids, blah, blah, blah. On Shannon Sharp's podcast, the quote this man gave, he takes a sip of Shannon Sharp's special cognac. Cat is just spraying every possible black comic. It's just comics that he was like, y'all ain't put in no work. Y'all claiming to be the kings. Y'all really not kings. And the thing about this is, again, Cat don't ever talk. Like, that's what's... And he essentially was like, y'all can say whatever y'all want about me. That's absurd. But once you started slandering Bernie, it was like, all right. And then start saying, you know, wild stuff that's clearly a lie and nobody's calling... Nobody's calling these people on it. Anyway, Shannon, Shannon Sharp on his club Shay Shay, which is the name of his pod, was just <laughs> gobsmacked and just had, there was no reason to stop the man from talking. He was just going in, just letting the man talk. And then some other comics were catching some strays. And then Shannon was like, yo, why you got to throw this nigga under the bus? That was funny. That was, he funny. He funny, dude. Cat just turns takes a sip of the cognac with his pinky up and says, you have an unnatural allegiance to losers and it is not like you. We got to talk about the Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis town hall last, last night. Hood politics, y'all. Hood politics, Hey, yo, new year. First episode of the year. Man, oh man, oh man. Welcome to 2024. I told y'all I was going to be y'all's guide for this crazy election. And let's go and get started. So today is January 4th. No, 5th. Today's January 5th that I'm recording this. Usually, like I said, I'm four episodes ahead, but I had to jump in and and, and make this to a front of the line pass because so much has happened this weekend that I, I I can't let it I can't let too much time go in between us talking about this. I already got one in the can about um Trump's cases, about not being on the ballots. We already got one about George Santos. And just the the final parting Christmas gift we got of him. Uh, we got one about Nikki Haley being the black thought of the Republican Party. I'll explain later. Just stay in with us. We got to talk about this just incredible race for second place. This is the most tightly contested consolation prize red ribbon situation I've ever seen. Like these fools is going for it. I could be wrong. You know, we we all could be wrong, as we know, and as what 2016 and 2020 has taught us is that polls don't mean nothing. that I think I've said this so many times on our podcast. Polls in a lot of ways are like Yelp reviews or, or Google reviews. You have to feel really passionate one way or another to actually leave a review. Most most people don't be leaving. Now, reviews on podcasts is different. That's because we be asking y'all to. But most of the time, and, and and even then, how many podcasts you listen to, you never review? How many restaurants you go to, you've never reviewed? Because even the ones you like, even the ones you don't like, because it's not that serious. So a lot of times, mo- most most people don't most people don't leave reviews. So I know when I'm in a polling place, first of all, if I'm in a polling place, it's 2009. Number one, <laughs> Because I I mail my ballots in. So first of all, you already a type of person if you actually going to the thing. Secondly, 
If you not in a hurry and you got time to actually complete a survey, how many times you done called into something and they said stay on the line and complete this five question survey? How many times you stayed online? So all that to say we could be wrong. But as of today, you have an unnatural alliance to losers. And that is not like you. (laughs) Why is y'all giving these people any time in the first place is the point. That cat is making. It is what I'm going to talk about. It. I don't understand why y'all even arguing this stuff. But we're going to get into it. Let's talk about this strange alliance of losers now. But before I do that, y'all, this Cat Williams episode on Shannon Sharp's podcast has taken up. I mean, if you anywhere near people of color, sports or comedy, then this somehow has taken over your feed in a way that. Things have not taken over our feed like this in a long time. Part of why, again, is because Cat usually don't be talking. And then secondly, because he aimed and took shot at everyone. No one was safe. Ricky Smiley, Kevin Hart, the Kings of Comedy, Sad the Entertainer, Steve Harvey. No one was safe. And then, and to be fair and balanced, he talked about who he had respect. We well, respect D.L. Hughes. He's like, that's a real one. Dave Chappelle. He was really outside like he was. He talked about his past, the craft, the amount of shows he's done, the years he's put in being on Comic View and creating all this stuff, you know, set some set some rumors straight. Like the man, the man went in. They asked him about Kanye and his points about Kanye was brilliant where he was just like, I don't understand. Like we made him a celebrity all agreed that he has a mental illness and then it's very cruel of us to just watch him do these things and continue to put him in situations that triggers those things and then laugh at him when he does what we all know he's going to do. He was like, that's cruel. It breaks his heart. Such a kind response. Then he says some other stuff about his past that might be myth-making. I don't know about like being able to read when he was seven, whatever. It's not what we're talking about here. He got enough, enough, for the people he named, Ludacris, everybody, the people he named, enough for them to clap back, enough for them to make statements and respond to it, which is which means is like, like, goddamn cat, just some of the most amazing one liners. He's he said, oh, man, he talked about this girl, Wanda, in not Wanda Sykes, who's like a G. He talked about this girl, Wanda, in Atlanta that basically was like. You were referring to me derogatorily as a gay man or as part of the LGBTQ community. And he was like, gay people don't really like it when you use the idea of gay as derogatory. So he was like, so why would you do that to try to down me? And he goes, in a community I'm not even a part of. I have no issues with the gay with the gay community. But to use it as a slur, that's why she got canceled. I was like, damn, nigga, like, yes, that's correct. Yeah, he 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 went in. There's he said that said the entertainer looked like a walrus, like his hands, his, his hands don't reach his waist. He was dissing said, said be stealing his jokes. He was like the man don't write. And then you could immediately go to X Twitter and see clips of said actually stealing jokes. Uh, it's just oh man, it was masterful. But the one I'm zoning in on was when he was talking about Faison Love. And Faison is the guy who played Big Worm. 
in Friday. What's up, big perm? I mean, big worm. Like, I don't think you applying yourself. Now, now we can, big worm was an amazing character in the show, like in the movie. Big worm's hilarious. Like, I think Faison's funny. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Shannon. I think he's funny. And uh, does he have any stand-up specials? No. I, and Kat's like, because he's not that good. Cat's like he wasn't in next Friday because his role wasn't that great. I, I mean, I'm not in Hollywood. I don't know. Right. But it was in Shannon Sharp defending in a way that I'm he's like, dog, what was wrong with Big Word? You have an unnatural alliance to losers. And that is not like you. <laughs> like he was so disappointed that you are defending this man. And because, again, Shannon Sharp. That's he's a Hall of Famer in the NFL. So he would say he was like in the argument that Kat was making was like, bro, you can't just you shouldn't stand for a dude who's on steroids juicing talking about I'm the greatest player alive. You shouldn't even be in a conversation. You wasn't even in the gym. You cheated. If you if you was on steroids, you can't be in the convo. So that was Kat's point It's like, bro, like y'all went straight to movies like you wasn't outside with us. You wasn't in the gym. You like, I don't want to hear it from you. He was like, people like Earthquake, people like D.L. Hughley, Dave Chappelle, and the late great legend Bernie Mac. He's like, they legends. They was in the gym. You can take nothing from them. I will stand for no slander for them. That's we're a team of winners. Attitude. But alas, Republican Party, y'all really out here with these two second placers. Talking about which one of y'all got the best silver medal. Now, with all that being said, let's let me all jokes aside. We have an episode, like I said, that I called her the black thought of of the Republican race right now. And what I mean by that is a whole episode about it. But what I mean by that is like when you are technically on paper, probably the best choice, but you ain't going to win is what I mean by that. If you are. Again, we're talking about within their house. If you are within within the Republican house, if you just looking at pay, pound for pound, paper for paper. See, the problem with Nikki Haley is she got actual ideas. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a fan. And as we go through this, I'm going to critique some of the stances she stands on. And I'm a, obviously I'm going to drag Ron DeSantis. No, I'm not going to drag him. Let me not say that. I'm going to critique some of the stances he has and let y'all decide for yourselves. I ain't going to drag either one of them. I'm just going to tell you what I what. Tell you what they trying to say. Anyway, Nikki Haley seems to keep making the mistake that Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton made, which is actually answering the question, (laughs) which is actually having policy ideas that she could articulate rather than saying we should do this. She's saying we should do this. This how you do it. Here's where I did it over here. And here's why I believe it's going to work. It's all on paper. Like, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, like, I, you can't take it from Nimarita. You know what I'm saying? Nimarita. That's her actual name. You can't take it from her. She actually, she actually got plans. And one of my arguments will happen with, with, with uh, Elizabeth Warren, despite the fact that I don't know what it is about our country, but we just, we just can't stand a woman being smart. But one thing about her was the fact that when she answered the question, she actually answered. She didn't play to the crowd. It wasn't, she was too much of a nerd. Like you actually had ideas. She's got a plan. That's what happened with Hillary. Hillary was like, I mean, I was secretary of state. I've been around Washington. 
we tried this at this time. Here's what we went wrong here. Here's what I think we should do. So you answered the question with actual policies. You can't do that standing next to no class clown. We need hits. That's why, that's why, look, lyrics, lyrics don't make number one. Get to the chorus before you bore us. That's, look, if you want a hit, unless you Kendrick Lamar, you want that radio hit, buddy. You gotta, you can't, you can't just be coming here barring out. We trying to sing along. I need eight bar verses, 12 bar choruses, a bridge, four bar verse, another chorus, a EDM breakdown, and some sort of booty shaking. Like, like I don't, what else is we doing? I just, I don't understand why you're trying to like rap. I, I mean, this just, it just don't, it don't be, who, who, who is the number one and number two streamed artist, hip hop artist, by a mile last year, 2023? Drake and NLE Chopper, like not even close. I mean, they not barring out. I mean, Drake can bar out, but that's not, y'all don't know those songs. You know, turn a 02 into a 03. That's what you know. Because the bars don't do it. But there's a whole episode about that. Anyway, and Ron DeSantis, I, the, the, the reality is he got all the toxicity that you like about Trump and none of the toxicity you don't like about Trump. The man know how to behave in public. He know how to keep the chaos controlled while at the same time carrying the same egregious ideas. He know how to weaponize your own disbeliefs and your own prejudices to his advantage. He got he, everything you love about Trump. DeSantis could do. And actually last night, January 4th at the thing, it was finally like, oh, I see why people like you. It looked like somebody somebody sent him to the gym as to how to like present yourself, you know, because obviously the man, he's not likable. Like you just like, you look at him, you're just like, this guy's a dick. Like that's usually how he comes off. Yesterday, he came off a little more civilized. It's still more like, oh, I can see why y'all like him. I wholeheartedly disagree with him, but I see why y'all like him. Man's got a couple points. And he's able to present his points in a way that if you're not careful, you might be like, oh, damn, I think I agree with that. But that's because he knows how to talk now. He got everything Trump got. Even the fact that we are calling them consolation prizes is such a sign as to where we are in our stage of democracy and, and whatever the Republican Party is becoming. But let's get to it. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower Lather up with the news Sports talk Comedians or movie reviews Connect with that three hour philosophy show 
change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. All right, we're back. Also, side note, in the studio with me, uh, sitting at her desk is, refer to her by her prefix, my lovely spouse, Dr. Alma Zaragoza. Say what's up over there. Hey, what's up? Shout out to OG listeners remembering the Red Couch podcast and, you know, all the stuff that this all originated from. She's just too busy to do podcasts. It just is what it is. I've tried to convince her, even on our Patreon. She's got other stuff to do, and I respect it. She taught me what boundaries mean. Anyway, what they're doing now, which I think is actually, I think it's great. They're they're doing these, rather than just having this shouting match with 11 people on stage where you really can't hear what these people have to say, is they're doing these, what they're called town hall meetings. Now, I'm not, don't get me wrong. This isn't a town hall meeting stand episode because there's some serious problems with this thing, right? The questions are definitely pre-screened and written clearly not by the person asking the question. Like it's some this this there's a lot of this that is, is obviously theater. They're lobs to and I bet you maybe it probably written, I don't know this, but they probably written by the campaign team to get the person to answer these sort of questions that they want answered. So get their message out. I get it. It's theater. Okay. Okay, now now listen at me. I'm let me talk to you, player. Listen at me. When you talk to a liar. Let them answer the question. And it's not so much to catch them in the lie, but it's to understand what they deem important to lie about. It's understand the way that their brain works. All information is good. It tells you some about that person, about what they hold as valuable and what they're trying to actually convey. So even if these questions ain't real questions, they softy, they love, they, you know, they lob. The person even stands up and says, hey, this person from this district or this county or this city, they're a registered Republican, they're probably gonna vote for you, or they're probably gonna vote for this person, or they're undecided, here's their question. Come on, fam. You know, don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. So there's a part of it that's clearly corny, but it's helpful because we get to hear them and what they're trying to project about themselves and how they wanna present themselves to the world. All that shit is valuable. So. They had Ron DeSantis go first. Ron's must is the nigga is not likable. What I believe his goal coming out of this was like, I need y'all to like me. Like I came off. I'm losing because niggas don't like me. Like you, I, that, y'all used to love me. You're, you just showed yourself to be a weirdo and Nikki was dragging him. Nikki had jokes. He had to show himself to be likable. He understood he was playing from behind. So you got to get into the gym. And I'm going to say he went into the gym. 
I'm, I'm like, I'm going to give him his credit. He polished up his game. He didn't look as ridiculous and unprepared and like he's doing his best human impression. Like he seemed very comfortable in this position. Now, what was he talking about? So I, again, first of all, I'm going to say mission complete. You needed to seem likable. Second one is you needed to stop seeming like a bitch when it came to Trump. Are you going to run against him, but you still, you know, smelling his booty every time you get a chance? Why is you not taking shots at him? Again, I'm going to say he threw a few shots at him. He was like, this nigga is not pro-life. Everything he said he was going to do, he didn't do. He's like, it's not so much that I don't like the guy. I'm just saying, like, I actually agreed with what he said he was going to do. He just ain't do it. So why should we give you a second chance? You had four years to do the shit you said you was going to do. Now you're going to tell us again you finna do the same thing you said you was going to do. And then he was like, nigga, you're a lame duck. Like, this, the, we can only get four years from you. So why, like, why is we messy? Like, why is we worried about all this? And he's like, in January 6th is unacceptable. Like, I don't understand. But again, then again, but I like the shit he talked. I like what he was going to do. I'm just going to actually do it. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Which is also a Cat Williams <laughs> reference. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Now, when you ask about shooting guns, what you think he thinks? He thinks exactly what y'all think he thinks. I'm not going to take away your guns. I think we need to harden schools. Now, I don't know if you ever heard about a hard location. <laughs> nice. No, but hardening, a hardening a location means what we do at like airports, federal buildings, state buildings, where there's a security and there's one entrance. So you put a security guard there. You got your metal detector. You can only go through that entrance. Maybe you could set up multiple one entrance like an airport, right? But the point is, there's no side doors. There's no other access. You got to go through this point. So their argument for how we keep our school safe is we make them like the airport, metal detectors and guns. Now, as somebody from LA who lived through the metal detector era, the clear backpack era, ah, man, I don't know how much safer I felt. Um, but there is a lot of like research. Part of my wife's doctoral program is the, the feeling of safety. It might, the school now looks like a prison. It's got surveillance cameras and, and security guards and metal detectors and buzz in and buzz out things to get in and out the school. It's just like a jail. Uniforms, but you do the students feel safer. Is it actually going to do it? Either way, that's his argument. They asked him about the mandatory three-day waits for your gun permit. And there's some right now it's in the legislature in Florida to be like, are we going to end that? And he's like, I think it should be instantaneous. It's like there's such thing as the Internet. You shouldn't have to wait three days, fool. You can you can run a background check right here. It doesn't have to take that long was his was his argument. Now, counterpoint could be the three days is more for the buyer to be like, do you really need a gun? Like, I'm gonna give you three days to think about it. But we'll see. He thinks that behavioral threat assessments, which is something that they already do, which essentially is, again, it's a, another way of like a background check. You could do it with a child is you run a behavioral threat assessment. Now, behavioral threat assessment is something that does happen in school psychology. It is something that, again, since I worked with inner city kids and worked in juvenile halls, it is something that we do kind of look at. You understand a person's history, understands how volatile their situation is and their mental stability, their access to weapons, who they're around, all this good stuff. And since I'm out of the classroom, I can't really tell you what it looks like now. I've been out the classroom for a while. I can tell you that in my experience, the cost benefit analysis is something that is left wanting to me. I think 
there was part of me that was as a teacher that was like, I would get these kids with like severe autism or actually better yet, very light autism, like somewhere on the spectrum of Asperger's and stuff like that. There was some times where the parents didn't even want to tell me that because they said they didn't want their kids to be treated different. Now I'm talking about a bunch of different things because, and, and I'm talking about the state of California. There was an IEP, um, which had more to do about a, a student's individual education thing. Then there was a 504 plan where it had to do with their behavioral. And then there's the like threat assessment thing that we talking about right here. So there's a lot of different things, files they have on our kids. But uh, so I'm kind of jumping around. That ended up putting me in a very weakened position because I should treat them differently because they have different needs. So like, it's almost unfair to your child. I'm about to set your child up for failure because you don't want me to treat them, but I'm spo- I should. I understand what they mean, but you're putting both of us at a disadvantage now because I'm going to trigger something in this child that is not fair to them. Had I known that that was a situation, I wouldn't have done that to him. I would have understood. I had a kid who wouldn't let go of her towel. She had a to- like she had a towel. And I was like, why is you carrying a t- Put the towel down. Can we do the work? And she's just like, I can't. T-. I was like, baby. You drag and we're wild. I was like, baby, you dragging the towel. Like, can you, you have to pick up your towel. You're dragging it. Who's walking to the pool? You had to, you dragging the towel. And then I was like, listen, if you don't pick up this towel, I'm gonna have to carry it for you. Cause you just gonna get dirty. She couldn't pick up a towel. So I was like, baby, give me the towel. So I took the towel and I was care. I was like, I don't want to get dirty. She had a meltdown I've never seen in my life. Yeah. No one told me she's autistic. If you'd have told me she was, I would have never taken her fucking towel. Say something, right? So there's a part of it that's like, it helps us all. There's another part of it though, that puts a lot of times, it always breaks this way, black and brown boys in a situation where we're now earmarked as trouble. So in a scenario where you could be like a Kendrick, like a good kid in a mad city, or like myself, who just happens to be around all this stuff, I don't, I don't have any desire to, I'm not, I'm not really outside like that. Whereas you, you have another kid who's a straight A student, knows how to shut up, but is like a murderer. And that, and that kid that's like a straight A knows how to shut up, but is a murderer, is actually selling ecstasy pills. That's a white boy. So you don't, y'all don't notice his delinquency. He gets a boys will be boys type situation. We get a, you're, you're on your pathway to criminal. So there's a part of that that sometimes can be very detrimental to people of color. Now, again, like I said, there's probably better ways to do this. I don't know how to stop a school shooter. I'm, I'm going to tell y'all right now, I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop this shit. And, and I'm skip ahead to Nikki. Nikki made a great argument, too. It's like, I mean, we could ban AR-15s, but that'll make you feel good for a little bit. But they're still, they're still going to shoot up the place. And then they both talked about mental health right now. Uh, there's a lot of taki taki, muy taki taki, but all Ron DeSantis said is we need to do something about mental health. Nikki had a better answer. Now, concerning Trump, like I said before, he was like, yo, basically don't let the media fool you into saying that this is a done deal. Like y'all could really make a case, which is a great argument about the fact that you have a strange alliance to losers. And he was like, basically like, yo, Trump didn't deliver. He said he was going to secure our borders and he ain't secure our borders. Borders are just as porous as they ever been. He pressed the fentanyl button. He was like, look, nigga, like fentanyl killing more people than any of our crime here combined. And he was like, I'm going to solve all that shit. He was like, this birthright citizenship shit is like, it's cheating too. And that's when Prop went, hold up, hold up. What are we, 
Okay, now now unpack this. Let's unpack this fentanyl thing. Okay, number one, let's unpack that. So they have, both of them are on some like catch and deport rather than catch and release, right? His answer to solving is like, I'm going to deport you immediately. I'm going to rally you up. I'm going to shoot on sight. I'm going to catch you. And if you got fentanyl on you, yeah, it's up. To which somebody asked him, it's like, yo, most people come here with just a backpack and some water. You just finna, how you finna say that? And he was like, look, dude, it's not like we're really gonna like just shoot on sight. Like, it's like, it's military. So again, he's like, I'm gonna strengthen the border, put some things, you know, it's all the, it's all the same hits, right? He just said it nicer. But what made me give me pause was this idea of re-looking at the 14th Amendment, the birthright citizenship thing. Now, Here's a little history about that. The birthright citizenship situation came from the Dred Scott case. Black folks know this case. It's about your right as a citizen. This case was essentially around our black people citizens once they've been freed. Because can you, once this, once this guy, this is the story, once, once this slave got on a train, got up out of the South and was living as a free man, I'm here, I'm here. Like we're done. Like I'm here. I'm free man. Can a slave owner hunt this man down and bring him back to this slavery? So the Missouri compromise is a lot of history. The Missouri compromise was the idea of like, every time we add a new state, this is all pre-civil war. Every time you add a new state to the union, you got to add a slave state. Every time there's, if there's a free state, there's a slave state. It had to be equal. That was the Missouri compromise. This dude, Dred Scott, broke free, escaped from slavery, made it up to a free state. And the idea was, now that I'm here, nigga, I'm free. I live here. I signed my little X on a dotted line. I'm free. But they was like, nah, but you my property, nigga, right? So if I could come get you, if I could find you, fuck your citizenship, nigga. Like, you belong to me. I didn't sign shit. I don't remember signing your freedom papers. Nigga, you still... You still mine. In the Dred Scott case, the Supreme Court agreed. Are you listening to me? The Supreme Court agreed that, yeah, nah, if he finds you, nah, you re- your, re- your original state, you actually belong to that man. Which meant that the Missouri Compromise didn't mean shit. Because that meant that St. Louis, which at the time was a free state or free city in, in Missouri, your rights don't matter, nigga. Like, and they was like, wait, 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 nah, cuz he, he live here. Nope. No, he don't. He ours. So the 14th Amendment was designed to like fix that shit to say, hey, nah, fam, you can't just nah. that's not how that work. If you born here, you a citizen. Because, again, the black codes, at least y'all lessons here, the black codes was right during the Reconstruction, right after the Emancipation Proclamation, 13th Amendment, slaves were freed. What they did to, to try to stop black people from voting was because if you're a citizen, you could vote. And it was like, well, you're eligible to vote if your granddaddy was free. Well, clearly nobody of African descent had a free granddaddy. We were just freed. So it was trying to. So anyway, the 14th Amendment was supposed to fix that. And what DeSantis's argument is to use that to cover immigration, what they call anchor babies, meaning if a person comes here illegally and has a child, does that child get to be a citizen? And it's like, nigga, duh, they were born here. And he's like, you're using the 14th Amendment in a way that it wasn't meant to be used. Now, if I were you, I would know that, gee, this sounds like a really nice, professionally packaged way to be incredibly racist towards immigrants. But um, 
I'm gonna let y'all figure that out. Because again, you're smart enough to make your own decisions. I'm just saying that's how it sounds to me. Because I'm like, how are you gonna decipher that? How you, you're gonna say, if your parents are immigrants or if your parents are illegal immigrants, but you were born here, then therefore you don't get to be a citizen because your parents weren't citizens? Well, then where is that child a, a, a citizen of? I just, anyway, I'm just saying it's a weird legal argument to just try to keep people you don't like out. That's what it looks like to me. But he say it so nice, again, because he polished up. He don't sound like a bumbling racist like, like your boy Trump would. He say it nicer. Now, as far as education, what he claimed to be was that Florida was ranked number one in education. Now, a simple Google would tell you, is Florida ranked number one in education? Obviously, you should understand that that means a lot of different things. And what Florida is ranked number one in education in is what is called educational freedom, which is some made up shit. Okay, because, again, which state is ranked the number one in the first the first link will tell you which state is number one in education is Massachusetts has the best ranked public schools in the United States and the second most educated state just behind the District of Columbia. About 90.4% of Massachusetts adults have high school diplomas and 42.9% a bachelor's degree or higher. So whatever the fuck he talking about number one in is not what he's communicating to y'all. So just every politician do it. But just know when he say Florida number one education, he mean educational freedom, meaning our white people comfortable. Nigga, let's just be real with y'all. Now, anyway, last thing about DeSantis is his whole thing about being the only one that served in the military. I served in the military. I served our country. So I know what it's like. I far be it for me to ever drag a veteran. I just want to make sure I understood the way y'all thought about it. So I just put it out on my Instagram and I Googled it. I was like, okay. He served. How did he serve? So he deployed with the SEALs as a legal advisor in the Navy, a lieutenant that was a legal advisor to the SEALs and in Guantanamo Bay, a legal advisor. So he was not a SEAL. He was not in combat. He was advising on the legality of their moves. Now, listen, I'm not a vet. My father is. I'm not. I wanted to know, does that count? I just you you tell me. So I asked and most people was like, listen, dude, I'm going to summarize what most people said that were actual vets, that it counts with an asterisk. It counts in the sense that anybody served, anybody served, but you were, but he is a pencil pusher. I don't believe none of this stolen valor shit. Like, don't act like you saw if you if you out here capping like you saw some heat, then fuck you. But but service is service. So I thought that that was an interesting thing. Now, to me, the vibe I'm getting from it is. He's capping as if he was really outside. But again, I am not going to, you never know what people went through. I'm not going to take away that stuff, that stuff from him. But nigga, you ain't no, you ain't no John McCain, my nigga. Like you wasn't a captured POW cause like nigga, you was looking at a screen and just giving advice. I mean, again, it's more than I've done. I'm just saying it sounds like cap, but either way. And then finally, I already said last thing, but finally what I noticed about how he the the game he figured out is he only said woke once. Like somebody got in his ear and was like, you got to stop talking about this shit. If you want to be liked by more people than this, you got to figure out how to stop being so, an- you're the anti-woke guy. It sounds like you have one note, especially when you went after Disney. It was like, what the, f- what are you doing? Like we talked about the indie 
The indie artist guide to running a campaign is just because something worked locally don't mean it worked nationally. So you, this is the national stage, nigga. You got to stop doing all that like Chicago drill. Like, nigga, everybody ain't into that shit. You know, I'm going to keep it real, nigga. So, okay, whatever. Somebody got in his brain and was like, you got to stop talking all that woke shit. If you want more people to vote for you, you got to start making more sense. He was real polished. But again, if you paying attention, he going to do this. He... He promising to do the same shit Trump said. He just actually know how to govern. He's slick enough to actually get some of this shit done. Now, if that's your jam, if that's how you move, cast your vote, guys. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts Connect the alarm Change the podcast you stream Connect the snooze Ten more minutes to dream Connect the shower Lather up with the news Sports talk Comedians or movie reviews Connect with that three hour philosophy show Change the drive into work In traffic so slow Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Next, Nikki. We back. So, Nimarata. I, 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 think, I think her Indian name is dope. I don't know why she don't go by it. Well, I do know. But anyway, she jumped up on the stage. Now, I wouldn't have made this comment, but my wife noticed it. I will defer to her that it has to do with anything women's, you know, virtue sig- signaling femininity. I would have not commented about her dress because I thought that's what you weren't supposed to do that. Especially like, nobody comment about men's clothes. Like, why are you commenting about women's clothes? So I was not going to do that. But my wife walked in as I was watching this and she was just like, are they Republicans? I was like, yeah. She was like, she got that 50s style dress on. She trying to harken back to the, she's like, only conservative women do that. They be trying to harken back to this like conservative values thing. So they visually dress themselves. She's like, you notice how Hillary Clinton was always in, in pantsuits. She was like, yeah, I'm hark- you're hearkening back to something by your outfit. 
I was like, I thought you weren't supposed to talk about women's clothes. She was like, I'm making a point about what they communicate. I'm like, damn, I wouldn't have thought of that. I thought Nikki's dress was cute. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, but I wasn't going to say nothing about it. Anyway, I forgot to talk about COVID with DeSantis. He basically stands by his, I, I brought this up out of nowhere because I'm looking at my notes, basically stands by his record. He was like, I did right. I chose He's like, there's only one virus out of a million viruses that are around in the world. I chose human connection over the virus. That's your move. That's your move. Now, Nikki jumps up. Her musts is basically like she needs to just, she needs to maintain her lead. She has this tone of being the adult in the room. Like I said, she's black thought. She's clearly the greatest lyricist in the, in the batch. Uh, uh, the, the, again, this episode's coming soon. You know, she's, and again, like I said, she actually got plans and she needs to prove that, right? So now she need to dethrone the dethrone Trumps. Now, the first question, because it just happened in Iowa was a school shooting. First day of school, somebody got shot up. What was her answers about that? Basically the same. Uh, we need to talk about mental health. We need to harden locations. But then what she did different than DeSantis is she explained what hardened locations mean. Damn, okay. Then after that, she was like, these are my plans for mental health. She was like, we don't have enough uh, crisis centers. She was like, we don't need it. We don't have enough addiction centers. She was like, a lot of that stuff comes from addiction. When you can't get the help you get, you start leaning to drugs. When you don't get the drugs you need, you start turning into violence. She was like, we need addiction centers, right? And she goes, and even if you have, if that, even if you in both of those situations, not like your insurance covers it, then damn nigga facts. And I'm like, okay, so you going to make sure our insurance covers it? She ain't responded to that though. But still, I mean, you you the first Republican I heard actually had an idea about those things. There's that. Next, they asked her about Trump and she said the same thing. She was like, look, I like him. It's just, and again, I, this, this weird dance they got to do around him. She was like, look, man, I believe he was the right guy for that time. But the reality is chaos follows him. Good answer. And then she was like, and strategically, we don't know if he can beat Biden. It's like, this it's a nail biter. She's like in every poll we read, and I can beat him by I could be Biden by at least fifteen points. Again, like we said earlier, do you trust polls? I don't know. And she could also say some stuff that we can't verify. But she could say like, "Look, dude, I was the one telling Trump like, bro, you finna be your worst enemy. I don't agree with all the moves you making." And she has some track records where she kind of differed from what he wanted. This nigga. And here's where you got to stand, put your antennas on. She was like, and the last thing about this nigga is like he. He just be cozying up to dictators. I don't understand why he like dictators so much. That's not good for us. Fool, this fool's like, you're congratulating Putin for his strength. Like, I don't understand. You're out there complimenting Xi Jinping out there in China after China gave us COVID, to which the record scratch for me. I was like, China gave us COVID? That's how, oh, again, slide, slide that shit in, y'all. I hope y'all caught that. China gave us COVID? That's a weird way to talk about the spread of a, of a SARS coronavirus that China gave it to us, my nigga. Like, you understand that could have happened anywhere. But she don't really fuck with China, which comes clearer later. She revealed her cards there. That's why I was like, let them talk. Because you're going to let them talk. Because you're going to hear what they really think. And it's really weird for a woman of color, for a brown woman to say something like that. I, I, at least that's what I think. But either way, that's what happened. As far as the borders, same thing, more agents. She wanted to do the remain in Mexico situation. She's like, look, just don't even come here. Process them in Mexico. She wanted to do the same thing, catch and deport. She was talking about illegal immigration. She she was like, but no, that's what she's talking about, illegal. She's like, with, elite, with legal immigration, 
here's something interesting about her. Or she's a child of immigrants. She's like, yo, speed up the process. It's absurd. Like it shouldn't take 15 years. Now for me, that actually resonates because of my in-laws. It took them niggas 15 years. Doing everything right. You know what I mean? You mean tell me if I do everything right, this could happen? She also believes in not quotas, but merit-based immigration. Basically meaning, what are the jobs we need here? Can you do that? Okay, you can get in. Which gets really gnarly. Probably in ways you haven't really considered. Because if you say that, if you're like, okay, look, we need more agricultural workers. All right, you down to work the fields? Okay, come through. Like you're just, it's, you, I I mean, guys, it's Marxist. Like whether you know, (laughs) that's what's funny about that. It's like, that's, guys, that's Marxist. Then she's saying, no, what what does our economy need? It needs workers in this field. It needs workers in this field. So we get those, it's Marxist. Anyway, then they asked her about Governor Abbott in Texas, about putting people in in buses. She like, I'm with all that. You said you was a a sanctuary city. I don't see what the problem is. And they can take them then. Interesting. Interesting. But that's the way she feel. You know, it is what it is. They asked her about the economy, which I'm going to do a whole other episode on too. Which really in, as far as the numbers are concerned, maybe not the vibe, but the numbers are concerned, economy's great, which is weird. I get it, but I'm gonna talk about that later. Um, yeah, the economy's great. It's like, I don't get it, but average home buyer's 49. She was like, the American dream's gone. You know, she talking all that American dream stuff. She was like, yo, we gotta lower these interest rates. You know, uh, we and then she talks about how she was like, as a government, we spend way too much. Like we just spend too much. You got to cut the credit card. She was like, go after this mad COVID fraud. Eliminate earmarks. Take big old federal programs. Make them state. They shouldn't. Why? We got to pay for it. Then the big one came that I was waiting. And it was the slavery issue, the rebel flag issue. Because you may or may not know the Dillian Roof situation happened in her state. And the queen mother, Bree Newsom, was the woman that climbed up and took flag down from the state building. So she talked about her upbringing and she she answered it and she answered it thoroughly. She talked about her upbringing and it's such a dance to play with these Republicans. She talked about her upbringing being an Indian American family inside of South Carolina, which I cannot imagine the thing. And she admitted that she experienced racism. She said it very fast. And she was like, we had black friends, we had white friends. You would hear, you know, this narrative that racism was real. Again, somebody put her in the gym. You can't act like racism ain't real. You still a brown woman running for president. You cannot act like racism ain't real. And she did it. She was like, yeah, you know, of course I experienced racism growing up. You know what I'm saying? And she was like, of course, you know, I didn't experience slavery, but the legacy of slavery is around, uh, around all the time. She was like, she even said white supremacists. Like she let the word come out of her mouth. To her credit. Now, here's where props antennas pop up. She said that when she would come home after experiencing racism, her her mom would say, hey, you know, your job isn't to show them how you're different, but to show them how you're similar. Which sounds so beautiful if you're talking to Republicans who just want to go back to brunch and act like there isn't a problem with race. But aren't we all the same? Show them how we're similar. We're much more alike than we are different. I get it. I mean, that's a good line to have. But it's also assimilation. It's not just show them how they're similar. It's become similar. And there's a very fine line between that. Is you start falling in a line with 
the dominant culture because it saves you from being otherizing. There are certain things about you you can't, you gonna always have that skin color. Ain't nothing gonna change that. You gonna always eat the food you eat, but what you can do is go by Nikki instead of Nimarata. Show them how you similar. And for me, that made me think that's how you became a Republican governor. That's how you was able to survive in the Trump White House was because you was willing to show them how you were similar and become as similar as you possibly can. Listen, it sounds good. Now, this is me reading into that. I'm just saying as a person of color, when I hear stuff like that, that's stuff I think about. I agree. We do have a lot in common. But it ain't my job to show you how much we got in common. It's my job to be myself. It's my job to to bring my uniqueness to this table. But that's just, that's, that's, what do I know? So then she talked about how she, after the Dillian Roof shooting, you know, in the Charleston Nine, she talked about after all that happened, how she brought different community faith and business and law enforcement leaders into a room. And she was like, look, dude, I'm gonna call for that coming down. And I know everybody ain't gonna like it, but we're gonna take that rebel flag down. That's when I was like, okay, you're doing some Brie Newsom erasure. But to your credit, you did make it happen. Well, you didn't make it happen. You were made to make it happen. I don't know if you was gonna do it. Maybe I'm glad, and I'm glad you did. I'm glad because you are, you were the governor. You could have stopped it, but you did. You read the tea leaves. Good for you. And the rebel flag came down from in front of the the courthouse or the yeah the courthouse in um, South Carolina. But you walked into that building for years. She said she would be down to pardon Trump. And why she would be down to pardon Trump? Because she was just like, it's just like, it's kind of like the Nixon thing. Like, we just need to be on with it. Do it really do the country any good to have an 80-year-old man sitting in jail? And she was like, a pardon means he was found guilty. So he done already been found guilty. Like, if, if we're at pardoning, what good does it do to have him sit in jail? Like, you forget it, dog. Like, he's 80-something. He's not the president. He's like, in, in this scenario you're giving, she's the president. He done lost. He's been found guilty. We just need to move on. Like, this is not going to help us as a country find unity by just having this man sitting in jail. That's his, that's her argument. Do you think that the country is ready for the president to be a woman? According to her, she's like, oh, we've been ready. We just needed the right woman. Sure. Not sure I agree, but sure. Then they started talking about her foreign policy, which she started going in on China. And then once she started going in on China, she was like, look, them niggas are not our competition. They are our enemy. And then she leaned into all the scare tactics that China been doing, right? Uh, they done bought acres of land. They done stole our secrets, which they have done both of those things. They got 500 nukes and we still trying to sell them stuff. Them niggas is trying to wipe us out. Then she talked about this unholy alliance going way back to the 80s. She was just like, China, Russia, and Iran. All up on that, like, you know, Old school, like military hawk, 80s pre-Trump Republican, where it's like, nigga, we shoot. She talked like that. They was like, yo, you really talk like that old school, like hawk thing. Remember, like the Republican Party has become more like isolationist. You know, she old school. She like, listen, the best way to secure peace is to make sure a motherfucker so scared of us that them niggas will not do shit when we around. That's her stance about, she's like, why we need to make sure Ukraine wins is because... Nigga, Ukraine, because Russia already said after we take Ukraine, we going to Poland. That's a NATO nation. They go to Poland. We got to go. So we need to make sure Ukraine wins. So we ain't got to go over there. We need to make sure China so the fuck scared of us that we ain't got no. So she was like, I'm being a hawk for the purpose of peace. I mean, sound like gang banging to me. Anyway, that's the type of stuff she talk about. 
Then they talked about like, how you gonna get us to move on? She was like, look, I got some plans. This is how we gonna drain the swamp. This is what I did. This is what I did back in the state. I looked at every committee, every little program we had. I fired all the leaders. I was like, everybody got it. We gonna we gonna shake it up. Everybody gone. Let's get new leadership in all of them. We gonna do an autopsy on every one of these things. I mean, we gonna do deep analysis. Cut the money. Quit. You know, if we got people that are just like bad apples inside of that thing, like nigga, fire them. People that's just if there's shit that don't that don't make no money for us, let them go. She was like. I'm going to replace all the heads of these agencies. I'm going to get rid of problem children because that's what I did back home. So when she talking about draining the swamp, she done, she got receipts. She like, this is how I did it. And that's what they own. Now, final takeaways. I think they both shined. I think they both was in the gym and did their homework. They both took the shots at Trump they should have taken, in my opinion. I think their weakness is it's still the same shit. It was, you're still left with the choice of either the Trump Republican or the Bush Republican. Either you finna be in a million wars under Nikki Haley or it's finna be a horrible place for a person of color is my takeaway. Or you got four years of chaos from Trump. But either way, even the fact that we discussing this means you have an unnatural alliance to losers. And that is not like it. hood politics, y'all. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.